My name is Stephen and welcome back to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton. Today I'm joined on the podcast by Teddy and for the first time on the podcast, I'd like to welcome Greg, who you will have seen in the Start and Eleven show on our YouTube channel. Greg, thanks for coming on, mate. Cheers, mate. Good to be here. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having you. Um, in this episode, we've got the Extra Time show for Everton's 2-0 victory over Leicester City at the King Power Stadium. We've also got the match preview for the upcoming game against Arsenal. And of course, Teddy's going to be hosting the traditional Toffee Blues quiz uh, to cap off the episode. We hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, let's get straight into it. Uh, Today we're looking at Everton's 2-0 victory over Leicester City at the King Power Stadium, one that we're all very happy about, I'm sure. Um, I'll come to you both first, Teddy. Um, first reaction on how the game went, mate. How did you, what did you think? Excellent. Another another Chelsea-like performance, but this time, obviously, away from home and without uh, Goodison, which I was you know, a little bit concerned about going into the game. I thought, will we be able to replicate that without the fans there? Um, but it, once again, just brilliantly well-drilled performance from the team, defensively solid, went into the game with a real like clean-sheet mentality to... Steal a phrase from Owen. <laughs> um, yeah, couldn't be couldn't be more happy. Everyone did their part defensively. Obviously, we you know got a couple of goals. Um, you know, one was a mistake by Casper um, Schmeichel. Second one was um, unfortunate for Casper Schmeichel because he made a couple of good saves beforehand. But most most of all, just the the work rate from the team. You know, every single player was just you know fighting for the results. You know, from the defense to the midfield to the forwards. You know, fantastic performance and a. Uh, good win to set us up going into the rest of December. Yeah, and as you notice today, guys, we haven't got Owen with us and uh, Teddy's been the first person uh, to to get, get Owen's clean sheet mentality catchphrase in there. So, yeah, you, you're the winner of that one today, Teddy. Uh, Greg, I'll ask you the same question, mate. Do you think it was a better win than the Chelsea game overall or would you say the Chelsea game tops it? Uh, yeah, I'd say maybe a better win. As, as Terry said, it's away from home. We don't have the fans in. Um, and I think where Leicester threaten that maybe Chelsea don't is that they like to play that long ball over the top that we've seen Michael Keane and Yerry Mina struggle with, you know, seasons before, uh, last season especially. And and for us to have got that, I mean, you know, Leicester didn't play it that much. I thought they, they made life a little easier for us. And they had the weak team, uh, that back line was a bit cobbled together, especially with, with Christian Fuchs. You know, he looked like he was puffing after about 20 minutes. But um, as I say, away from home, another two clean sheets and it, on the bounce, you can't complain about that. So, so just the show of momentum that it's giving us a better win, I'd say. Yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. I think um, we definitely stopped Leicester playing more than we did than we did Chelsea. I think Chelsea were much more in the game on on Saturday than Leicester were on Wednesday. So, um, I think it was a fantastic win up there with one of the best of the season so far. Um, as well, Greg, going back to your start eleven video you did. Uh, you predicted Jordan Pickford to start, which I think a lot of us did. Um, and Robin Olsen actually got the nod from Ancelotti in this game. Were you surprised to see that? And what did you make of his performance? 
Yeah, he can't just let me get one one starting eleven totally right, can he? Just when everything looks set, he goes and changes the, the goalkeeper on me. Um, but I was surprised because I thought Pickford had a, a good game against Chelsea. So, so it seemed dropped now. Uh, was strange, but I guess just with a, a heavy fixture list coming up, a bit of rotations, uh, you know, to be expected. And, and as as with last time, he was back in after a game with Jordan Pickford. So I imagine it'll be the same again. Alton in for one, and then Pickford will get a decent run until Alton's called upon in the cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I was really impressed with Olsen. I have been in, in uh, I think he's played two or three games now, and I think I've been impressed in every single game he's played. Teddy, what did you make of Olsen in goal? I'm happy to see him in goal. I, if I had my way, he'd be in goal, you know, now until, you know, he, he plays his way out of the team because, you know, Pickford has, you know, improved a little bit over the last few games. He's not been as erratic as, you know, he has been in previous games, but. Regardless, I just feel so much more relaxed with Olsen in there. It's not even a case of I don't think Pickford's got ability. It's just you're so much calmer with an unspectacular, steady goalkeeper in the goal. Now, obviously, he's only played you know a couple of games. You know the mistakes could come with Olsen if you were to see more of them. But I was happy to see Olsen. And I'd be happy to see him going forward. But I, I'm like yourselves. I don't think it's something that will particularly stick. I think it'll just be something Carlo likes to do. You know, rotate the goalkeepers. Um, but you know, Olsen just, you know, dealt with everything that was that he had to deal with. You know, no, no, no issues, no heart and mouth moments, no flapping of balls. Mm-hmm. You know, Pickford's, you know, improved of late, but you know, he doesn't mean it's hard to forget the way he was playing before that. Very um, very erratic, very, you know, up and down performances from him. Yeah, yeah I mean if he's a calming influence for, for us as fans, you've got I think he has the same impact on the, the back line as well. Uh, I mean if you're a centre back and you've got uh, Olsen behind you, you kind of feel comfortable playing it back and getting him involved in that sort of uh, playing out from the back style. But with, with Pickford, you're just worried that he's got a, a mistake and he's going to hold on for it too long or, or just boot it up, up off the pitch, you know? See, yeah. for, for me, it's not even the... Sorry, Stephen. It's, for me, it's not even the the open play type stuff for Pickford. Pickford, you know, when they put the ball back to him, I don't think that's the biggest issue. Um, when the, the back With the back four and Pickford together, I think it's set pieces. And Pickford can't help that. He's too small. Like Olsen's what, six foot four, six foot five. He's physically so much bigger that if Olsen comes for something on a corner or a free kick, you can pretty much, you know, rely on him within reason to get there if he's decided to come for it. Whereas Pickford, how many times has he like caught it and dropped it and you know has issues like that? So I don't want to make make it a you know Pickford bashing session because as I say, he has improved in the previous games. But for me, I I I'm not flip-flopping on it, I'm sticking with me, me opinion that I think Alston should be in going forward. I just, again, don't think he will be. I think this is just something Carlo's going to do on a game-by-game basis. Every so often, he'll change the keeper out. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there, Terry. I think um, I think he's he's the, the you know, the, the unspoken about hero from the Leicester game for me. I think he was, um, people made a lot of, of you know, talking a lot about it, how good Alex Awobi was, how good Richarlison was, Decore, but I think he was the unsung hero on Wednesday night. I think uh, Robin Olsen really did help. And um, you mentioned there, Greg, moving on to the, onto the defence about how he, the, the centre-backs seem a lot more calm and he's a lot more of a calm and influence in the net. Um, how good the defence been? I, I, lo- I love to get people's opinions on this because it's just, it's crazy to see how, how much it's turned around. What did you make of the defence? Yeah, I mean, it's just another stellar performance. Like it, it, it baffles me a little bit that it's all the same personnel that we've been seeing. But um, I, I think it's credit to Ancelotti as well, just 
you know, he's been tinkering a lot. A lot of people have been unhappy with his team selections, especially in that, that defence, um, you know, when he's putting Delft and, and things in there. But uh, if we carry on losing and chipping goals, he looks like he's, he's tinkering too much. But now that we've settled down and two clean sheets in a row, it, it looks like, you know, he's just a pragmatic manager. He's tried a few things and it's, it's now paid off. I mean, those two, those two centre-backs, the two boys, Godfrey uh, and, and Holgate playing full-back, just incredible. Yeah, it is. It's it's fantastic. And to think that we had, again, four centre-backs in a back four, it just works for some reason. And Teddy, Ben Godfrey's looking like a player, isn't he? Yeah, I've been really impressed with Godfrey since he's come in. I just, I like that type of defender. Obviously, he's built like a fruit machine. He's, you know, he's big, he's strong, but he's also got that burst of acceleration. He's really quick. But yeah, the main thing is he likes to defend. He likes to tackle. He likes to battle. He's like, he's got like the shades of, and I don't like doing this because it's like comparing him quality wise, but Jaggy Elko was like that when he was young. He wasn't the most attractive type player. He wasn't the, you know, he wasn't John Stones. He wasn't like somebody straight the ball about or someone like that, but he liked the battle. He liked the dirty sides of it. The, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of that in Godfrey and I think we've got a good player in our hands there there's a reason we changed our transfer policy in the summer when we were we were basically looking to just loan our centre-back weren't we after Gabriel and then all yeah, of a sudden there was a lot of talk we found out. Tamori and players like that and we've seen you know Ben Godfrey at, at you know at, at the age he is and the fact he's a young English centre-back he just he just seems to be paying it back every single game Um, I I when I watched him at left back, and to be honest with you, at right back he was okay, but he wasn't outstanding. At left back, he's just been fantastic, and I think um, for me watching him, he, he reminds me a lot of Jolyon Lescott in his, his early seasons at Everton. You know, the, the towering um, player in defence who can play on, you know, on the side. Um, all right with both feet, he's quick. Um, yeah, but I think, and you know, Greg Alaskew as well. What do you make of Ben Godfrey? Because he's he's getting a lot of praise and he deserves it, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, just a great utility man in the back line, to be honest with you. Um, he's he's done well on the right, as you said, done well on the left. And, and yeah. it's starting to make us ask the question, when Luca Dean and James Coleman are back, who, who are the two centre-backs we start with? Yeah, I think we. it's just uh, it's, it's amazing to see a player that Ancelotti and, and Brands have obviously put faith in. You know, coming into the team and um, and you know, really, you know, already paying back the price we paid because he made his debut against Liverpool and looked looked okay. Um, but to see him, you know, really come into his own and he doesn't seem like you know what once Luca Dean's in the team, the way we're playing, it's similar to you know James Rodriguez and and Seamus Coleman. If we've got players that can play in these positions and in, in you know in such a, a commanding way, it's tough to see where you know. Who, who's going to take his place because he's just been fantastic. He's been really good. And um, I'd say he's been probably the standout player in our team recently. Um, Greg, you mentioned in your start 11 show about Richarlison, about how he seems to have, have lost his head a little bit. Um, about how, you know, he seemed, he's, in, he's in a bit of a rut and he was, I think that was a fair point. Um, he, he really got his own back yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, I think that's something to say as well. Like, when I say he's in a rut, I just mean within himself, you know, like I mm-hmm. think a lot of commentators have got the wrong side of, of uh, and especially just saying he goes down too easily. He's he's, um, he's not made for the English game. You know, I've seen a lot of people just blow it out of proportion. I think he was in a bit of a rut. 
he's got a bit of a strange demeanor every time the camera's on him he's never smiling he never looks happy and and it's always i don't know if he's just in the zone but great for him to get a goal i know schmarthoff sort of helped it in but hopefully that that can sort of open the floodgates for him a little bit yeah terry um, i want to get your opinion on his goal because i thought it was i think um the commentators sort of played down how good a goal it was. They sort of made it more sound more like it was a Casper Schmeichel Haller. But what did you think of the goal? I mean, it was a bit, wasn't it? He, he, he sees it too late and it goes practically, you know, through his hands. But you know, the thing about Richarlison is he's he's got the mentality of a top player. He works for the team. He's not all just about himself and wants to get the goal. But he also plays on his mind when he doesn't score. That's why he was trying to get the penalty last week. He hasn't scored a lot this season and he wants to change that. It's December and he, I think he, that was only his second league goal last night. Um, the other one being a penalty at Palace. So I can understand him being a little bit upset that you know because he wants to score because that's the mentality you want in players. The goal... Um, I hope now opens the floodgates. I hope he starts going on a little run himself now because he's got just as much goal scoring ability as Dominic Calvert Lewin for me. The, the commentators just make me laugh. Like it's just yeah. it's the same, it's just lazy punditry. The things that come out with he's got like the best, I mean, for the past couple of seasons, even like he's got the best like tackling stats and track and ball recovery stats of any forwards, or if he hasn't got the best, he'll be in the top, you know, two or three. He, you know, he constantly performs graphs as our soft and then you get absolute idiots who go oh, I don't think he likes playing in the uh, was it Phil Neville said he don't think we like playing and he likes playing in the rain in the winters like yeah alright he hasn't been playing here for years already and you've seen him yeah. you know just and it's the, the thing with the diving makes me laugh it's like these big name pundits who don't make the same observations for other you know darling club players you know like they, they don't ever slate Harry Kane for it Salah gets a little bit, but not as much as you know he deserves. I've never heard them say about Mane. I've heard them say about Salah, but you know Harry Kane doesn't get it. Um, just because he's not in one of their favourite clubs. If if he played for Chelsea, it wouldn't get mentioned again. They'd yeah, it probably, just... probably be mentioned how he's uh, he's got good game management skills or something to go down and win. Yeah, yeah as, as Carragher says, when it was Harry Kane, it's streetwise. When it was Richarlison, he's never seen a player go down more in his life. Yeah, like, you have, you just don't like it, isn't it? But yeah, um, yeah he, he's a top player, and he, I'm glad he's got his goal because I, I think now more goals will come. It's just something that's been frustrating, but it doesn't affect his work rate. He doesn't sulk. He just won. He, he's yeah. just got that. I'm afraid he looks like he's sulking, but he obviously still always works for the team. And you know, mention Phil Neville uh, making comments about he doesn't like playing in the rain. I watched Phil Neville for years at Everton. There was times he didn't look like he liked playing in any condition, to be honest. So I think, yeah, yeah, um, yeah but I, I was really impressed with Richarlison more, more, probably more than any other player yesterday. Um, he really showed his quality in the opening minutes, the way he was so keen to get on the ball all the time. Um, he had the beating of their right back for most of the game. Um, he, and you could tell from the offset, he really, really wanted to get a goal. And, you know, it, and it, it pays off for him. That goal was, I think, I don't think um, a, a lot of keepers would have saved it. And uh, the commentators obviously made the point that um, the, the Kasper Schmeichel made an added. I think it, I think it was just a really good goal myself. Um, going back to the commentators and, 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 you know, the lazy punditry you're talking about there, Terry, there was a lot of um, the typical Alan sort of stereotypes. Oh, he's a destroyer. Oh, he does all the not dirty work. Sorts of things that you you say when you haven't really researched the player. Um, but he was 
very good. And it was sad to see him go off injured, wasn't it, Greg? Yeah, it, it's a concern, of course, going forward, who's going who's gonna to play that role? Because I know it is a bit of a cliche that he's a destroyer, but he is probably the one player in our team who really fits that profile um, of a disruptor and someone who's going to get stuck in. Um, that being said, in the second half, I thought Decore stepped up. He played a game of two halves, really. First half, he was getting forward, joining the attack in the second half. I think he made two fantastic challenges in the box to, to stop it and then walk away with the ball and distribute. So it, yeah. it's concerning, but I think we've got a few players who can fill in Decore on Davies, maybe. And, and we saw Holgate do it a few times last season. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna mention who we think might take Alan's role in the uh, in the preview for the Arsenal game that's coming up. But you mentioned Decore there, Greg. I thought he was brilliant again, and he 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 was given man of the match by Amazon Prime. So, do you think he deserves it? Just I'd just like to see what you thought about Abdoulaye Decore's performance. Yeah, spot on. I'd have given it uh, man of the match myself. I think he maybe wasn't our sexiest signing of the three midfielders we bought in. Uh, people were excited about Hammers, Star Factor, and Allen because we were so desperate for a defensive midfielder. And Corey maybe slipped under the radar for some people, but I think he's just a, a man who, who is told what to do and, and does it well in that midfield. If it's mm-hmm. joining the attack and getting things moving, or if it's, you know, Alan going off and he's got to step in and defend and make some last-ditch challenges, he can do it. And the energy he has is incredible to me. The fact that he's still making those mad dash runs in the 90th minute, you know? Yeah, and it was unbelievable to see it. He looked like the happiest guy in the world when Mason Holgate scored towards the end. So that was definitely worth it to see. He's, he's one of those players you just you love to see him getting around the pitch. You love to see him doing all 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 the work that he's known for, and um, he just seems to be enjoying himself at the minute, which which we want with all our players. Um, Terry Alex Awobi will go back to him again as he found his position. I don't know whether he's found his position. He's found his, his feet almost. Like, he seems more settled in the team. Now he comes in, like, the first season, it was like he was a, a player from abroad, wasn't it? It was like he'd have the odd good performance yeah. and then he'd go off on a cliff and he, he like seemed to, like, be... with physicality when, when you know, he'd come to the ranks at Arsenal and he, and and uh, and he, he'd been a decent player for Arsenal. He, he did. That's a good comparison that I'd never heard before, Teddy. He looked like he'd come a player come from a foreign league. Yeah, he came in and he, you know, he scored goals straight away, didn't he? But then he got the injury around this time last year, as it happens, um, December, and then he just fell off a cliff completely form-wise. And like he, he seemed like he he was just behind the pace of the rest of the everyone, of the rest of the team whenever whenever he played. But you know, he's come back this year and he hasn't been great every game this year, but these last few games he's been unreal. He's he's looks like a real player. Um. You know, long may it continue every time he gets the ball. And frankly, being on the right hand side, you say does he found his position? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the idea, you know, Carlo wants is he wants players to be adaptable to play a few positions. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's playing on the right hand side. Because let's be honest, in our four three three, um James Rodriguez is gonna play long term as long as he's fit and on the right side of the front three. But it will be he's made himself now that extra person, you know, the way we had that 11 against Spurs and then the only one you could sort of point at was Andre Gomez and say that position, that third midfielder is the one that's up in the air. Well, right now, if everyone was fit overnight, if you wave the magic wand, it will be starting somewhere in the team and you move other people yeah. around if you do because he's just, he's he's hitting his best form, not his best goal scoring form, but certainly his best form playing wise now and, and, you know, he's proven a lot of people wrong, myself included. I, I was never a, 
it will be sceptic to begin with, but I had sort of, you know, put my colours on that mass eventually. I, I started off going, yeah, you know, we'd see what he's like, could be all right. But then I like it, like a lot of people have decided, no, it's not, it's not working, it's not going to work. But being pleasantly proved wrong this season so far, he's, he's, you know, he's found his feet, as I say, in the team. He's, he's, he now demands selection, which only, you know, with all, that's a good thing. You want players to be like, we can't drop him, he's too good. Yeah, and Greg, I'm interested to see what you think about as well because I was just so impressed with him. And um, I asked Terry there about has he found his position? And I think once he learns how to cross a football into the penalty area, he will have found his position. Um, he's, and I was watching it with my dad last night, and he and he said, "Well, he's great at winning corners, though, isn't he?" Because <laughs> it always seems that his crosses at the first man and go for a corner. But Greg, just uh, interested to know what you think of Alex Iwobi and how how well he played last night. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a, a solid run in the team. It's doing a world of good and, and on crosses as well. I think last last chance of the game, really, he put a great ball in almost a cutback sort of scenario to, to Gilby Sigurdsson. He does have that that crossing ability. I think it was in, in his last two seasons at Arsenal, uh, he created the most chances of anyone at the club. You know, it's not, not a bad statistic at all. So he's definitely got that creativity in there. It's just about... Confidence, maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe the fact that he's now getting a run in the team and is performing better proves he, he does perform better with a bit of confidence. But um, and finding his position, I know a lot of Arsenal fans liked him at number ten, playing more centrally. He was he was maybe a bit more creative there, or played his more creative games there. So he's definitely adaptable, as well as you were saying. Ancelotti liked players to be able to play around, and he's now shown wing back out on the right and and through the middle, he he can be used. Yeah, and um, I, I was just really impressed with him and, uh, and and hopefully this form that he's got carries on. Um, and we can talk to the blue in the face, really, about whenever Everton win an away game like that, you know, convincingly, it's it's always a pleasure to speak about. But uh, I think we've, we've covered near enough everything there. Just to finish off, I'm interested to see what people are thinking because um, we've got two really good away kits this season. And uh, I want to know, Greg and Terry, are you team, team green or team amber? I reckon I, I prefer how the green kit looks aesthetically it's a green kit but I just can't go on with a green kit on the pitch I don't know if it's my yeah. eyes but the contrast against the grass just doesn't work for me I love it in person see that's uh, funny for me because I'm the opposite I think it looks better on the pitch than it did in like the, the pictures and that Terry are you team green or team amber um, team amber but I am not enamoured with the amber kit. Like a lot of other people are. A lot of people are like Everton's away colours are amber. I'm, I'm not like that. I don't mind a pink away kit or, or a black away kit. Mm. But I'd push probably the amber because the amber's just so nice this year. The green is great though. And I'm like, I'm like yourself, Stephen, I think it's better on... Every kit's better on the players than it is on other people. But yeah, yeah it's a very, very close run thing. But just amber by a hair. Yeah, and I just wanted to, to ask you the question because Ever the Everton Twitter account made a big thing about how we wore the green kit last night. Um and people say, No, that green kit's brilliant, the green kit's brilliant, it's better than the amber kit. Um and I, I I don't know. The question doesn't really hold much weight. So I was just interested to see because it's been a long time since Devon have had three really good quality kits. Um and yeah, that's gonna be it for this one, everyone. Today we're going to be previewing 
Everton's game against Arsenal at Goodison Park. Uh, Terry, I'll go to you first, mate. 2,000 fans back again um, at Goodison Park. Are you interested to see? Are you excited? Yeah, I mean, the last two games I've got into the preview and said I'm worried, so I might just say it again and so hopefully we'll get another win. I hope but, you um, <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to it because now I'm telling you the difference. Even I haven't been to Goodison back back to Goodison yet, but just watching on television with actual fans there, it's, it just shows how crap football is without fans. Yeah. So I, I can't wait for any game we're playing at Goodison now, as long as we've got even the smallest amount of fans in the stadium. And obviously, you know, it's Arsenal. It's a good chance to, you know, get another three points against a team who are struggling at the minute. But I don't like things like that. I'll go, go into that more in a minute once you've spoken to Greg. But I am not always one who likes playing teams in bad form, personally. Yeah, I've got that down as a question for you a bit later in the show, Teddy. So I'm interested to see what you think about that. Um, Greg, I'll go to you next, mate. Um, how how are we going to get to Arsenal? Do you think it's better, a better chance for us to you know, play the same way we did against Leicester and Chelsea, let them have the ball and hit them on the counter-attack? Or do you think we should go for that vulnerable Arsenal defence right from the offset? It's tough to say. Um, I, I don't think we'll get nearly as much coming from them attacking as we did from Leicester or Chelsea. I mean, it's no secret that they're struggling to make chances. I, I think Saka's going to be bright and making runs, but um, I, I don't know if we'll get enough of a chance to sit and counter like we did against Chelsea. Uh, mm. I'd say definitely with Gabriel out, we've got to try and strike uh, strike early, is my opinion. Yeah, and obviously, I'm sure Carlo will be prepared for whatever it is. Um it, it, it's a bit, I'm a bit unsure with Arsenal at the moment because obviously they had that good win at, at Old Trafford um, and they've completely fell off the rails lately. Um, Terry, I'll, I'll ask you, mate, how, what do you think should be the game plan against Arsenal? Exactly the same. Don't worry about what they're doing. Just play our own game, go for the, um, the clean sheet mentality <laughs> again. Um, just just play exactly the same way we played. If they, you know, they need the result, they need to put wins on the board, they will attack us the same way that Chelsea and Leicester do. Possibly not as well as Chelsea and Leicester do. Yeah. Because, you know, they're not playing very well, they're low on confidence, but they they are not going to sit back for the whole game. They can't. Like, they, they, they just yeah. can't do it. It's not in the makeup of their players either, a lot of them. So just go into the game and play the same way we played against Chelsea in the last home game and, just, you know, just take the fight to them, but play our own game plan. It might not... It, might not be as straightforward as that, as you say, because they might come with a, a a less you know expansive style than than Chelsea at all. That a lot of them look to you know be a little bit more careful, but they're certainly not going to sit in and defend. It just isn't in them. Yeah, and obviously you can't be you can't be too much more desperate for a win than Arsenal are at the moment. Um, Coming away to Goodison, they'll, they'll definitely be looking to get three points because they need it, don't they? And I think um, a lot of clubs cite Everton away as one of the, the biggest away games of the season. And for three three points for them would just be um, absolutely massive. So, we've, you know, I'm expecting a very different Arsenal team to the one that played against Burnley um, and lost 1-0, obviously. But... Um, going back to what we were saying before, Terry, about Arsenal not being in great form, do you think that plays into Everton's hands? Do you think it, it doesn't? Do you think we're at a disadvantage because of the time we're playing them? I wouldn't say disadvantage because, you know, you, 
it's but I I personally hate playing especially good teams who are on bad form because you, you, they're going to turn it around at some point. They're going to win a game. They're going to have a performance that clicks for them. And I'm always scared that we'll be the one. I want to. I always want to play teams in in sort of somewhere in the middle where they're not flying and yeah. battering everyone. They're just they're just they're playing all right, and then we're the shock results. Um, if we go into this Arsenal game and Arsenal have their turnarounds, you know, like moments of the season, then we're just the unfortunate team who catch the you know catch the defeat. So I would have preferred Arsenal to have not been on this run. I mean, don't get me wrong, if, if you're playing Sheffield United or someone like that and they can't yeah. get a point at one point, Sheffield United haven't really got it in the locker to turn around and suddenly batter Everton. They might have a, a game where they get their organisation right and their game plan right and they sneak a result. But the likes of Arsenal have still got Aubameyang, they've still got players, you know, quality players like that who can, on any given day, decide they just, because you know, he, he, he loves scoring against us for a start, just to say one, one of their players it's dangerous to play a good team in bad form because they've always yeah. got that turnaround game in the locker and I just don't want it to be us. And you mean that, that. Having said that, you, you go into the game, you know we're going to be favourites despite our injuries. They, you know, they've got players out, but so have we. But we're the team in form, so the eyes will be on us to see if we can inflict more misery upon them. And I hope we do, but I, I, that's not the way round I'd have it. I like being the underdog in games. I think it's, uh, it suits us more. Yeah, it definitely benefited us against against Chelsea, and um, it pays off. But when you think of the, the quality that Arsenal have got, um, it's a bad time to be playing them, in my opinion. I think I'd rather, like you said, Terry, I'd rather be within sort of around our, our position and we were playing them. Um, Greg, same question for you, mate. Do you think it's it's a disadvantage playing them in such a bad bad spell for them? No, I don't sweat it so much. I feel like when teams are down down on their luck, sometimes they need a bit of a shock to the system, uh, whether that's like a big defeat just to to you know regroup and then start going at things. But you know they, they haven't had that. Their, their losses have there's not been anything thumping or anything. They've all just been kind of weak performances where they've not shown much. Uh, you know whether that's that one nil against Burnley. Um, so I, I can't really see anything in their makeup that's going to change them or clicked or. You know, they're losing players. They're not getting players back. Um, I wouldn't say they're showing any more signs of creativity. Um, so for me, I just don't see what would be that spark for changing them. And Greg, obviously, um, at the Toffee Blues, you're our source for starting 11s. Um, I, I'm going to ask you the question. I, I don't know if you, you're going to do a video on this one, but is there any play, any players you think should come into the team? Do you think we should keep the same team, obviously, barring... Um, the one injury he got, which we'll go on to in the Leicester game. What sort of team do you think should play? Uh, I mean, I, I'm always one for don't change your winning formula. Uh, I think we will. Uh, I think we will see Pickford yeah. come in for, for Olsen. You know, Olsen only seems to come in for one game to, to rest Pickford a bit. Um, and then obviously the, the only other change is going to be uh, who replaces Alan, which is a huge decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and obviously it was... Um, Gotten to see Alan, you know, pull up with his hamstring and get stretched off uh, just before half time. Terry, um, how much are we going to miss him? Enormously. Like, I'm, I'm praying it's not as bad as it looked, the injury, like, because it's a hammer blow losing Alan. He's one of our least replaceable players. He just and got into a brilliant bit of form as well. Exactly. He, there's no other player with a profile like him in the club. Like, obviously, even the other defensive minds and midfielders like 
Gabamon and Delph are, you know, injured and they've, they've been injured ever since they've been here practically. So you can't even put a like for like sort of positional sense type player in. Um, yeah, it's I, I expect it will be Andre Gomez. Like, yeah. I just based on watching, you know, what Carlo likes to do, like, seems to be the first sub he goes for. Either, either Gomez or he could even, you know, surprise people and bring Sigurdsson back and put mm. uh, James Rodriguez in that sort of number 10 role um, yeah, where yeah. Sigurdsson has been playing that. Yeah, he does seem to like Sigurdsson in that deep role as well. Um, we saw that when he played 4-4-2. He, think he trusts Sigurdsson there. And let's be honest, I'm one of Sigurdsson's harshest critics, but he's been really good the last two games. So, you, you know, I wouldn't be upset if he did start him again by further back. Um, yeah, he'll be one of them two options, I think, because he, he, he's got players he trusts. I don't think Gomez suits it at all. I don't know what's happened to Gomez um, of late, but he seems to just be, you know, defensively, he just might as well not be there. They just go past them constantly, don't they? So you're going to we need another another spider-like performance from Decore covering all blades of grass with his yeah. legs everywhere. But, yeah. And obviously, it's not something I've... Um... You know, I think you sort of, as an Evertonian, there's there's certain questions that you try not to think about until match day. Um, and I think who should start instead of Allen is the big one at the moment. I haven't put myself through the ringer and, and thought about who's going to be there because it's such a tough one, isn't it, Greg? Um, you know, Terry's made a good point there. Sigurdsson could come in if, if Hammers Rodriguez is fit. But who would you play in that position? Because obviously Allen's such a big miss, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think I'd, uh, I'd agree with play Andre Gomez. I think that's what um, it, it's what Ancelotti went for straight away when Alan went off and it seemed to work. I mean, if there was an audition for who could play that role, I think Decore yeah. did very well in uh, in doing the job as soon as Alan went off. So I, I think that's what we'll see. Decore just, just getting back and doing some defensive duties and, and Gomez doing what he does. Yeah, it's just... Um... It's a big if. Are we going to be able to play that that really good game plan that we used against Leicester and um, and and Chelsea? Because obviously in the second half we we carried that form from the first half we did have with Allen into the second half, which was really promising. We got ourselves another goal, but the fact that Sigurdsson could be moved deeper and uh, Gomez could be dropped out, um, Rodriguez could come back in. It's just making me think: Are we going to get overrun in midfield by this Arsenal team who? Obviously, aren't great in midfield themselves, but um, are we gonna are we gonna struggle to keep up with them if they try to counter attack? Are we gonna get passed around? Is there gonna be a problem with? Because obviously, Guilty Sigurdsson's not the fastest compared to Allen. Um, it's such a it's such a tough question, isn't it? And uh, there's so many players who could uh, who could who could play there, but none of them as well as Allen. And I think if he does use Sigurdsson in that deep role, we're gonna have to see a masterclass from Abdoulaye Decore. It's almost like he's going to be playing two positions there. Um, but anyway, moving on from the negative stuff, um, Terry, a win moves us up, you know, near to the top of the table if, if results go for us. And I was thinking about it today. Is this the most important game in our season so far? Yeah, it's in a word, yeah. It, mm-hmm. You know, crucial time of the season. Um, it's... It would... It'd be good to build on those last two results. If you lose to Arsenal, it sort of takes the um, the shine off a little bit, doesn't it? It's you know it, you've gone into December and you're a little bit middling. But if you get three wins on the spin, 
against good teams, especially when you've got more good teams coming up. You know, we've got the likes of City coming up. I've got the, you know, Carabao Cup against United. A win here would really, you know, you can just carry that into the rest of the the yeah. Christmas games then. Tiredness doesn't, like, kick in as much because you just, you know, you're on a win and run. It just affects your whole your whole December if you can put a little run together. Like, it, it gives you that extra 10%, which, you know, the teams lose if at this time of year. So, yeah, it's, it's probably the most important game since the the Merseyside derby when that was can we carry on the form after the international break and then obviously on top of that was a Merseyside derby but those two were the keystone games I think in the season uh, this game and that game and it for the same reason can we build on a run of good performances and make it stick or will we go back to inconsistency and yeah. you know sort of float middle and part of the table yeah Greg I want to ask you the same question because I think it might split opinions. That is, is this game coming up our biggest of the season? Because obviously, Terry mentioned that the Merseyside derby was a massive, massive game when it was played. But obviously, that was pretty early on in the season. Um, our situation's changed since then. Liverpool's situation's changed since then. And now, obviously, Arsenal's situation, who we're playing this, this weekend, has changed. Um, do you think it's our biggest game of the season so far? Yeah, I wouldn't say because it's Arsenal. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say whoever it was we were playing. I think just where it sits in the calendar after two wins, it, it is a bit of a statement of intent as to where we're going with December. I think, as Terry said, it's like keeping your head above water when you've got a wave of, of good teams coming your way. Uh, mm. If we can just keep that momentum up, it's, it's huge. Yeah, it's it's a massive game. And I think it hasn't really been... Uh, I've just thought, you know, today researching some of the facts and, and preparing the questions for this show, it's just, it, it helped me realise how big a game this is. Obviously, Greg, you mentioned there where it falls in the calendar. Be, you know, we were going through a bad run. We've had two games that, on paper, we probably shouldn't have won either of them. Um, and the fact that we've won those two games, we've surprised people. We've gone back to the form that we had earlier on in the season. We're looking like the old Everton, um, with a different team, with a lot of our with important players missing. I think, and obviously you've got Arsenal as well, who are in a rut. This is the point where um, the win in Everton has to come out. But the win in Everton has to have absolutely no remorse for this Arsenal team who are feeling sorry for themselves. We've got to go in and we've got to try and wipe the floor with them. And if we do. It sets us up nicely for, um, you know, the, the Christmas fixtures. It sets us up nicely for the rest of the season and it puts us put closer to the top of the table and keeps us, you know, in the European places. So I would argue this is our biggest game of the season so far. It's definitely got the most riding on it because if we were to lose this game, God forbid, it'd knock us down in confidence again. It'd leave us a few points behind the path. Um, and, you know, it probably... It wouldn't undo the hard work, but it'd make you think we were, you know, uh, back to normality again. If we were to win this game, though, however, I think it, it's a massive, massive statement if we can beat Arsenal. Um, and Terry obviously mentioned there the last two games. How much will the Leicester game have boosted confidence? Because obviously we all saw yesterday, you will have seen on the top of those Twitter accounts as well. Uh, Mason Holgate and Dominic Calvert-Lewin having a lot of fun in the changing room after the game yesterday. It seems like confidence is riding high. How much will that benefit us compared to Arsenal, who are really the complete other end of the spectrum? 
Well, you'd rather be confident than, than not confident, wouldn't you? Like that just is true of all sports in general, isn't it? But it's not it's not even so much on a personal like level. It, the, the more familiar and more comfortable the players get in a in a team eleven a style of play, even though it's a sort of auxiliary style of play, it's not the way we started the season. But you know, it's using the players we've got now. You know, we've got a lot of strength at centre back, but we've got a lot of injuries at full back. The more performances we can put together and the more wins we can put together playing this way the easier it becomes to play this you know to play this way going forward so you win this game against Arsenal or even get you know a draw against Arsenal I don't even think it'd be the end of the world considering mm-hmm. you know the amount of games coming up you then go into the Christmas week you know the English week as, as uh, players abroad call it and you know exactly how you're playing you know exactly who's going to play for the most part and it's it's easier whereas if you're going in in bad form and low on confidence, you're chopping and changing, you're trying to stumble upon something that works and, you know, it can work against you. But, mm. yeah, you, you, you want to get as many results in a row together because it just gives you that little bit extra going into a time where you need whatever you can get because no matter how good you are, players, you know, get tired to get injuries, etc. Yeah. Greg, same question to you, mate. How much is the last two games and in particular the Leicester game, which we spoke about in the extra time, which you can find on the channel as well, how much will that have boosted the confidence going into this one? Yeah, huge. I think the, the biggest factor is two fleet sheets on a row for a, a back line of four players who, you know, two of them are playing generally at position. Uh, it's not a back line. We've never played four players together before the Chelsea game. So for them to, to gel instantly, uh, get two clean sheets against two attacking and capably attacking teams, uh, huge, huge for confidence for them. And, and the mood in our camps, Arsenal and it must be day and night. You know, we're, you saw the videos and Arsenal frustrated, um, desperate. I mean, their disciplinary record just shows desperation, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, if we get, if we if we win this one and we get three three wins on the bounce, it's just going to be, it's going to be a great Christmas for us, I think. Um, you know, we mentioned in the extra time as well, Terry, about uh, how good Robin Olsen was against Leicester, how commanding he was in the area. Do you, Obviously, we, we've spoken about the star 11. We don't, we're not sure Carlo's going to pick him again, but would you like to see him again? I know you mentioned in the Leicester extra time, but I'll ask you again if we've got any new viewers. Should Robin Olsen play against Arsenal? I'd like him to. He won't, though. Yeah, I, I mean, Carlo can surprise you with the, with the goalkeeping pick, as, as he has done twice already. I think, you know, we should keep him. In goal, personally, I know Pickford's form picked up a little bit in the last few games, but mm. I still would rather have a less um, headline grabbing keeper, just a steady Eddie type, you know, big imposing keeper who's comfortable in set pieces, and just let that let that settle. But it's it's not going to happen. It's yeah. it's he's Pickford's the number one keeper. Olsen's been brought in to give him a challenge slash rest, you know, whatever. Um, so I'd like Olsen, but I'd be very surprised if he started. Yeah, and obviously uh, safe hands is the term, isn't it? The the cliche term that goes around. And if if I had to pick a goalkeeper that I'd use to describe use that term with, it's Robin Olsen. He's just um, definitely, and I'm, I'm, I can't understate how happy I've been with him whenever he's played. You know, um, we've seen a fair few odd goalkeepers at Everton over the times and Robin Olsen's not one of them. He doesn't look like he's got too many mistakes in him. He looks commanding. He looks like he improves our defence. Um, 
Greg, same question, mate. Should Robin Olsen play against Arsenal? Yeah, same as Terry. I don't think he will, but as I said earlier, when you asked me about the lineup, uh, I'm very much, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If there's no reason to take him out of the team, why would you? I know he's only bought him, though, to, to rest pick, but so I don't think that'll be the case. Yeah, and obviously it's, uh, as you say, that's that's the one in it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, but football's a weird game, isn't it? You know, you've got you, football managers like to look at, and we mentioned it as well earlier in the show about how some football managers like to look at what the other team is doing rather than what we're doing. And Terry made a great point. Um, focus on our game plan, less on Arsenal's. Let's go out and get three points. I think that's the, the order of the day. Um, and then the last question, which I try and ask in all of these previews, is what, who is the danger player? Greg, I want you to give me one danger player for Arsenal who you think, if Everton are going to be Everton are going to be vulnerable in this game. Who's going to cause it for Arsenal? Uh, I'd say it's probably Saka. Um, I've watched Arsenal this season and he's the only player I've been properly impressed with. Him and maybe Tierney. But Saka just plays like he, he cares. Uh, and a lot of the other players aren't at the moment. He's, um, I think he's going to be dangerous, especially when we got sort of makeshift fullbacks. Yeah, very um, really promising young player. Um Bakayo Saka, I'm, I'm really impressed with him myself. Um, it just shows really the quality of the young English players coming through at the moment. There's been quite a lot. We've played against a couple in the last games. You know, Harvey Barnes, Rich James at Chelsea. So that's a good answer to that. And, and he's not a player who sticks out to me as a danger player. When I asked you the question, I had, I always had like um, a predicted answer in my mind. But Saka, that's one I'll definitely look out for in the game. Um, Terry, another one. Who's your pick for Arsenal? Who's going to cause us problems? Aubameyang, I know he's not been playing well this season, really, especially in the last month or so. He's he's been well awful, frankly. But he loves scoring against Everton, and usually with players down the years who've had that gene, that usually overrides uh, all form. If you like scoring against Everton, and you always score against Everton, you know, like the Lampards, the Shearers, players like that. Doesn't matter what if you could you could have an injury if you got on a pitch, you'd still score against Everton because it's just part yeah. of your makeup, and he's another one. So I'm worried about him. What a club we'd be to get his goal score, goal scoring form running again. Um, not including on goals, but um, yeah. I mean, so for me, he's still Arsenal's big danger man. He'd be Arsenal's big danger man for me with one leg because he just has that knack and yeah, sick of players like that. Frankly, I've seen so many of them, but he's me, he's my biggest worry. And that's the thing with with world class players. And in my opinion, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is a world class player. Is that the Players like him have the character when they've been in a bad run of form to pick themselves up and score, you know, five and five or something like that. So, um, obviously, he's not been in the best form, but for me, that's my answer as well. Uh, Abamyang is the player that Everton really need to look out for. But there's a few in the team. Um, obviously, we don't know which type of Arsenal is going to show up. Hopefully, it's one that Everton can win. And we come again to the end of the podcast. And as usual, that means we've got a Toffee Blues quiz. Um, this week, we've got a match between Stephen and Greg. I think it's great. Yeah, it'll be Greg's debut on the quiz, of course, as it's his uh, debut on the podcast. So I've seen to have been retired a little bit by Toffee Blues, John, taking part in these quizzes. That's sort of 
like on the chase where someone's so good they become a chaser. That's yeah, what I've become. Definitely, yeah. You've become a and weatherman Terry makes another appearance again. Uh, I'm trying to rein in me um, sort of me uh, weatherman game show host type voice, but um, it will probably slip back in at a certain yeah. point. So this week's um this week's quiz will be once again another starting eleven quiz. And for the benefit of Greg who's new to this, what we'll do is I'll give you a Everton v Arsenal match from the past. I'll give you the year, the season, the day, all that information, and then you both will take turns in naming the starting eleven and the used substitutes from that day. What I'll do is I'll just quickly introduce the intense quiz music. There it is. It's very intense. And now I will introduce the game in question, which is Everton v Arsenal. 28th of November 2012. So a David Moyes era game. The match finished 1-1. And I will now flip a coin to see who gets to go first. So it will be, Greg, um, if you were to go first, you'd pick a player from the lineup, and then Stephen will go and then so on and so forth. And you'll take turns. The first one to get one wrong loses. If you get it wrong and there's still a ways to go, then we will... Uh, name the rest of the team just for fun but then the winner will get to pick the song of choice to see the episodes out too so if I could just flip a coin I'll let you uh, pick the heads or tails Greg since you're making your debut heads or uh, tails. tails it is in fact tails would you like to go first or second uh, I, I think I'll start I'll start things off okay well fire away give me your first pick please uh, I think I have a vague memory of this game, and the way I will confirm if it's the game by getting what I think our goal scorer was uh, Fellaini. Marwan Fellaini did in fact start the game, and he did in fact score the goal on the 28th minute. All right. Um, I'm going to go for a pretty safe one, I think. Tim Howard. Yeah, it's always the aim. Um, safe option as the goalkeeper in these things. Tim Howard did start the game. Uh, back to me, is it? Yep. Yeah, back to you. So you, you will now take up the turn to me. We've got 11 starters, obviously, and two substitutes, as well as I sort of said earlier in the game, in the, the show. Yeah, I think I'll stick, stick with the theme of keeping it safe and, and go with uh, Baines. Like Baines did start at left back, yes. Another one in the net. Not um, Now this was the this was Moyes' last season, if I'm correct, and I remember he went through a spell of playing Seamus Coleman at right midfield. Oh god! Um, and I think I know someone else who might have played in defence. It's a nah. It's a, a bit of a tough, a bit of a. a a dodgy option. I'm gonna go for Phil Jagielka. Phil Jagielka did start the game. Was captain on the day. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. If I'm keeping it safe, still, I'll probably hunt for Leon Osman. Of course, Leon Osmond played if he was fit. He played under David Moyes, so yes, Leon Osmond started the game. Right. Um, 
It's been a common theme in the last few episodes, Terry, that the centre-back pairing has been quite unorthodox. And then in the last episode, it was Matty Pennington, and then before that, we had like Anthony Alcaraz or something. So I'm a bit hesitant, because we had two centre-backs who sort of came in and out the team at this point. So I'm not going to go for that. I'm going to go for Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman did not play. Oh. He was not even he wasn't in the squad for this game. So, Greg, you are a debut winner. You've uh, broke your duck straight away. And Obviously, now we'll... we'll uh, congratulations, Greg. To, we'll continue, yeah, congratulations. We'll continue to name the rest of the team mm-hmm. um, just for funsies. But we, uh, you can have a little think while we're doing that about what song you'd like to see the the podcast off to. So, uh, if you want to give your next uh, guest, James Coleman did not play. Yeah, well, James Coleman was my next guest. Um, I'm glad you got that out of the way. Um, if it's not Coleman, it's Hibbert. Tony Hibbert, Tony the Shoe did play. See, my, my thinking was because he went through a spell of playing Tony Hibbert at right back and Seamus Coleman at right midfield. Um, I'm going to try Kevin Morales. Kevin Morales was not in the squad at all, wasn't even on the bench. Okay. Uh, if the other centre back, it's going to be one of two. One, yeah, one of them. I was a bit. Johnny Heitinger, could it be? No, Johnny Heitinger was on the bench but was not used. You can count on your hands the amount of times he started Heitinger getting Jaggy Elka. The second Jaggy Elka came out the heart, I would have known exactly who the other one was. Yeah, and I'm going to oh. go for it now because I had the same problem. I was thinking it's going to be one of two, and I'm going to go for Sylvan Distan. Yeah, Sylvan Distan did play alongside Jaggy Elka. It was always Jaggy Elka or Heitinger was the issue around this time. Uh, just because Jaggy Elka had injury issues. Heitinger played never... most of the cup games in that season. I remember he scored away at Bolton and he also yeah. got done by Ben Teke in the in the against against Villa. And I think he played in the in the game against uh, Wigan, where we lost 3-0 as well. Yeah, so we've got the entire back four and the keeper now. We've also had Osman and Fellaini. So that means we've got one, two, three, four more starters and two more subs. Um, Jelovic up top. Oh, that's my next guess. I know I've lost. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jelovic did start up front. Yeah, that's, that's me depleted as well, I think. I mean, we didn't even have another striker at that point, did we? Um, God, that's just mad. I mean, we didn't have any other strikers, did we? We just had Jelovic. And, uh, oh, Anachibi. Victor Anachibi. No, Anachibi no. was not, on, not in the team at all, wasn't on the bench. Uh, had out that midfield, might Russ Barkley have played? Got a minute. No, Ross Barkley was on the bench but was not selected to, to sorry, was not brought on as a substitute. Did um he went through a spell. Oh no, I don't know actually, because he came off the bench a couple of times. I'm gonna save that one for last. Um did Phil Neville play? Nope, no Phil Neville. 
in the oh. entire team. I'm not sure. We still, do we still have Phil yeah, yeah, we did. That was his last season. He was, he was, at the end he of when Moyes left. Two of them, you'll kick yourselves when you get it. Uh, Stevie Pina. There's one. Stephen Pina plays on the left. So what have we got now? We've got the we've got nearly the whole starting eleven. Yeah, you've got Howard Tibbet, Jaggy Alcadistan, Baines. You've got Osman, you've got Pina, you've got Fellaini, you've got Yelovich. Okay, right. That's um we've just unlocked a memory there, Terry. I remember in that around that time, I'd always ask, what's the team? Howard Hibbert, Jaggy Elka, Distan Baines. That was always the very first. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> you know what I mean? You like now you go, it. Pickford, Dean, Mina, Keane, Coleman. It's, and you know what I mean? it's always always the way, isn't it? Um, so Barkley didn't get on. I've got one in the back of my head. I don't think he will have played. Brian Oviedo. Brian Oviedo would have counted because he came off the bench. Oh, God. Did I can't he, tell you before because the two players who you haven't named are right. two players who are off. Oh, oh, Stephen Naismith. Stephen Naismith did play. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was one of the um, the two the two bankers. I thought this yeah, one. Yeah. Played, oh, I wasn't was sure. He didn't, didn't favour Naismith as much as Martinez did. No, there's another substitute and another starter, and they're both not as as obvious as. as you know, Pienaar and Naismith were, but I've got, I've they're got, not I've got one. that obscure either. And this is either going to be a great guess or a, a horrifically embarrassing one. Thomas Hitzelsberger. Yeah, came off the bench. Yeah. He was the more obscure one. This last starter was not an obscure name who hardly ever started. He was a fixture in the team around this time. Okay. Not uh, gay, is it? Maguire. No, not Mackay Gay. Was he ever a fixture? <laughs> so we've got. He did. He did have a spell in the team, didn't he? Um, so we've had a goalkeeper, the left back, two centre backs, right back. You've had the back five. You've had right mid, left mid, centre mid, number ten, and striker. So there's another centre no. mid, then, isn't there? I think I'm there. I think so Fellaini's Fellaini's being guessed. Osman's being guessed. Just for clarity, I wouldn't be given these level of hints if this was still an ongoing match, but since we're here, we're just having a rally in the end. So there's one more. It's got to be a midfielder. Um, did all the names are escaping me now. Um, who played for us then? I can I can give you it if you decide you're just out of names. I'll let, I think I'll, I'll let Greg have a go because in case he knows. Yeah, I've got one one name. Um, I if it's not James McCarthy, I don't know who it is. No, that was a season two early for them. James McCarthy hadn't signed for us at this point. This is still Dave Moyes' team, so it wasn't Neville. It was nope. oh, oh god, I'm gonna kick myself for this. Um, oh god, was it? it wasn't Ross Barkley? No, nah, do you know what, Terry? You've you've stumped me with that one. I can't I can't name them. How about you, Greg? Do you want me to just uh, end the end the pain? I think I'm out. I'm done. Darren Gibson. Oh, gee. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Do you know what we could? I, have... In your shoes, I would have struck. 
we could have played until next week and I wouldn't have got it. I just wouldn't have guessed it. Still, we didn't get that one. As I said, not enough your name for another game. And of course, the end of the show. Uh, Greg, congratulations on your uh, your maiden win. Have you had a little think about what uh, song you'd like to see the podcast out to? And I didn't explain before a little explanation as to why it can be as simple as I really like the song, but we like to have a little bit of information about why. Yeah, you I, that song. I had a song in mind beforehand. I had zero confidence that I'd um, I'd walk away with a win, but uh, I think I'll just go with something like um, uh, Kanye West's "Flashing Lights," just as a nice celebratory tone. Right. Okay, and that that's clearly your reasoning. Just a nice, a nice celebratory song. That's 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 fine by me. So, as we listen to Kanye West flashing lights, let me just say thank you to everyone for listening. Um, obviously, another good win for the Toffees against Leicester City, and hopefully, if you listen to this before the Arsenal game, as we are recording it. Um, Hopefully another one coming up at the weekend too. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much to Greg and Stephen for joining me on the show and what have you. No so problem, thanks very much, lads. And uh, yeah, no be sure, be sure to follow us as well. Let us know, would you have got that in Gibson? Because that is a tough one, that. No, probably not. <laughs> I might have got the rest, but I probably wouldn't have. I, I just base it on the, uh, the year, so I'll, I'll have a struggle with him. Yeah. I, don't know. I thought it was like an Irish midfielder, and I was thinking, no, it's not McCarthy. It's not like... I'm really, I'm, I am kicking these off as you said. I struggled with Naismith. I was like, you, I considered him very much the Martinez team, and even though he was there first. I knew he was in the team, he just didn't play him more very often. <laughs> but yeah, thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Thanks to you guys for joining me. Uh, make sure to check out Toffee Blue's social media, They're all there, all of our social media, which will be obviously listed in uh, various places and on Twitter and what have you and if you need anything for Christmas get on to Everton Direct and have a little look on there they've got a flash in on at the minute I've bought a couple of things for my family don't tell don't tell them I'm sure not only one of them listens anymore that it wasn't for him anyway um, yeah thank you very much for listening to the Toffee Blues and I'll see you soon I know what was fair, baby, hey, babe, lately, you've been all on my brain. And if somebody would have told me a month ago, fucking oh, yo, I wouldn't want to know. If somebody would have told me a year ago, it'd go get this difficult. Feeling like Katrina with no FEMA, like Martin with no Gina, like a flight with no visa. First class with the seat back, I still see ya in my past. You on the other side of the glass. Of my memories museum I'm just saying Hey Mona Lisa Come home You know you can't roam Without Caesar I know you love to show off But I never thought That you would take it this far What do I know